On tonight's show, we're going to be talking about ways you can save some money in your DJ business. Brian and I are going to be digging into that in just a couple of minutes. DJ Event Planner will change the way you manage and run your business. Streamline all of your procedures and software into one easy-to-manage system. DJ Event Planner, the ultimate online planning tool. time for Tuesday Night Live Chat with Brian S. Red and John Young. So tonight, on Tuesday Night with Brian and John, we are going to talk about ways to save money. That's right, it's coupon clipping time. I'm a little dreamy looking for some reason, trying you, to fix it. You are, yeah. You've got that kind of that, that uh, just soft, out-of-focus feel tonight. Lovely. Yeah. I don't know why. I mean, truthfully, they're not here to look at us anyway. They're here to hear the important intellectual things that we will share. Yes, because that's (laughs) That's what what we're known for. (laughs) 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 And probably holding up a crispy wafer thing is about as good as the show's going to get tonight. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's annoying, but I unfortunately... For some reason, yeah, yeah. The, sometimes that happens. So tonight's show, uh, we're going to be talking about ways to save money, and this kind of br- branched out of two things. Uh, last week, Brian and I were talking about, started talking about the iPad, and Brian uh, shared about his uh, tablet thing that he had purchased recently and how that has been working for him as a backup. And Brian, after the show, I think I had five different people, you know, over the next two days say, "Gosh, that was so awesome! I didn't realize that that tablet could do that." And I think all of them went and you needed to get a commission on those, uh, <laughs> on those little tablets. Well, you know, the thing with the tablet is a lot of people, or a few people, chimed in and said, "Well, no, that is not an iPad replacement." I wasn't suggesting you throw your iPad away. No. Nope. Use this instead. What I was saying was, I happen to have this and. I discovered it could do the stuff. So it's just an option. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That And as an emergency backup, if you have to choose between, you know, if your iPad is in my case, my iPad might be my selfie booth for tonight and I don't have it. And if right. my phone, you know, if I don't want to use my phone because I want to have that for other things, that could be an inexpensive third string backup music source. I mean, there's. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, just, just, just an option. 
Yeah, exactly. It doesn't have to be. Simply an option. Ex so. Excellent. Yeah, that, that video link worked there. So so uh, we've got Howie and Robin jumping in. Thank you for joining us. We've got some more folks uh, coming in on Facebook. So the, uh, if you guys have any questions or any thoughts, we'll be kind of answering questions or talking uh, loosely in, in about 20 minutes or so after we go through to some of the ideas. So continuing on, um, we did the iPad thing. Then uh, a video this past weekend, you were talking about... about uh, I guess the part that stuck out to me from the video is we were talking about the, and I'm going to paraphrase probably a little bit. We're not overspending on gear that you that you wouldn't need for the application, and sometimes with going with a smaller system would afford you to be able to do the events you're doing. But now you may not need such a large vehicle or trailer to transport it. And I really kept, just, yeah yeah. For those who didn't get a chance to watch that, kind of give us a little bit of why what brought you to that point uh, with that video. I'm still kind of. Oh, hey, oh, there it is. Whoa. It worked. So, hey, I'm back. No more dreamy Brian. Wow. I was talking to Big Ron, actually. Yeah. And he had gone to that Wednesday wedding that I did. By the way, did you happen to catch that? I have not yet. I have, okay. We ran to Michigan and we came back. Right and then, yeah. So I haven't had a chance to sit down and, and look at almost anything. Grand entrance and caskets. It was kind of fun. Oh, cool. So, anyway. I got the gig from Big Ron. He uh, he has another gig that he does, and and he had another booking that that overlapped with with that event later on in the evening. But he didn't want to stop by because he knew these people mm -hmm. uh, work. So he came by and he shot some video for me, and he was able to hear the of all fifties, and he really liked how they sounded, and and he was just going on and on about them. So I believe it was the next day or the day after he chimed in and said, man, I'd really love to have those. I think they would, uh, you know, get me to the point where I could work independently. Cause right now, because of some health issues, Ron can't set up by himself. Sure. Spend some time in the hospital and such. And the doctor's just like, Hey, be careful. So he, um, his rig that he has now is just too cumbersome for him to do by himself. He said, man, if I had those, I could work independently. That would be really nice. But, really can't afford to to buy them so it's an expensive purchase yeah and i thought yeah yeah i understand it's you know 2500 three grand whatever it is depending on how you go through and what the special is but i thought about it and i thought wow you know if you're paying an assistant 125 bucks per event to set up and this is the thing that's getting between you and independence if you didn't pay that assistant $125 anymore, at 25 gigs or 20 gigs, it'd be 2,500 bucks. You'd pretty much have your speakers paid off. Right. It would be a wash. And I just expanded on that concept where, you know, sometimes we'll look at equipment and, and we'll think to ourselves, oh, okay, you know, this is kind of expensive. I can't afford it. Understood. But you have to ask yourself a few questions. Is it going to save you money? It's going to make you money. And if you can answer yes to one of those questions somehow, then you can justify the purchase. Sometimes it's ridiculous for you not to make the purchase, mm -hmm. depending on you know where you land there on, on the spectrum. And it's not always as obvious as one might think, which is kind of what I talked about in the video, I guess. See, so, you know, one of the directions you had mentioned, of course, the the um, uh, the vehicle that if you. Um, 
and I, that that one kind of s- struck home to me because here I'm thinking I think to myself you know that I need to you know okay I'm doing teen dances so I need to have a bigger sound system and then I need to have this and that and boy you know what I should be adding up lights and all these different things and right now I have got my truck back there and all basically it has done in 2019 is haul DJ gear I've got to pay insurance on it. I'm I'm probably at this point I am paying a dollar a mile just in insurance because I don't drive it that much. It, it's yeah. one of those. So it's like, am I being being money foolish by wanting to go and add these additional things? That's going to take that truck compared to if I would be doing more of a reasonable and I say reasonable, but more of a there is an I haven't had a wedding practical, here this year perhaps? maybe practical thank you that's a great a, a more of a practical sound system or an, and light show right. for my events I wouldn't need that truck right. I could have my every wedding I've done this year I could have run with the little Subaru Outback uh, Lori's little Subaru I could have put it in there I could have been on my way back and I would be saving myself the insurance I could, you know heck I could sell the truck whatever it's just right. that sometimes I wonder if we if it's an ego thing that gets in our way, that we're like, oh, whatever, I got to have everything and be this spectacular big. And, uh, well, I don't know about ego. I suppose maybe. I mean, I have a Chevy Suburban. I don't need a Chevy Suburban. I could get by with a minivan. But mm-hmm. My ego won't allow me to buy a minivan because it's a minivan. Can't do it. <laughs> so, so I've got, well, I've got the Suburban. It's practical for me because. It is a four by four, and I do live in the Great White North here. Yeah, and that's going to get me to events. It's going to get me home safe on those bad nights, like New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can haul a lot of passengers in it. I have a big family, and when we do go do something, I have the vehicle for it. So if we all want to go and do something, this is a great thing to have. Plus, it doubles as hauling equipment. So justified in that regard (laughs) excuse me so i suppose cool i have it but i could absolutely call it the equipment that i have will fit in the extended cab of my pickup truck and when i say in the extended cab i mean in the cab not in the bed sure i've done it before just to try it i've done it and and with a bigger system than i have right now with a passenger seat I can get it all back there as far as cubic feet goes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, but but I, I think a lot of it is habit, though, because when, when I was first DJing, I had it in my head that I had to build what I was using, and to build what I was using would require a, a cargo van kind of thing, or at least a, a large pickup with a cab on it. Sure. Cab on it. And when I built my first DJ system, I thought to myself, that, that's a lot of money to spend. I'm going to try to start do a business startup on about two grand. Mm-hmm. And a, a vehicle, I mean, I was driving at the time, my, my vehicle was a, a 78 Cutlass Brome, a little coupe. It was a cool car. It was, it was from down south, and I was pretty proud of it. But that was my only vehicle, a rust-free, cool car I had to build what I kind of thought I had to have would have required an additional vehicle. Yes. So I built my system around my, my car, my, my two door car. 
the trunk, the back seat, the front seat, getting it in and out. Those were big decision makers on what equipment I bought, whether or not it would fit in this vehicle. And I did it. Having said that, before I did my first gig, I did happen to just find a great deal in a little Nissan pickup truck and put a cap on it. That way I didn't have to destroy the interior of my car. Yeah, but I found a great deal, and, and it, it made financial sense to buy it, and I, I ran it for a few years before I gave it to my dad and upgraded to another truck ever since I've had a truck. But, um, yeah, sometimes we can build around these smaller vehicles. And even if you have a larger vehicle, like, let's say in my case, I've got the Suburban. I can put quite a bit of stuff in there. It's it's not a, a huge truck or a trailer or anything, but it's a pretty good-sized vehicle. If I downsize, let's say the speakers. Let's say that, for instance, just for conversation purposes, I went from two 15-inch subwoofers and two 12-inch tops down to an Evolve 50 system, two 12-inch subwoofers and an array, I've saved a lot of room in that truck. Now, I could do a couple of different things. I could downsize the vehicle. But what I could also do is add something that I couldn't put in there before, mm -hmm. like a bigger lighting rig or more lighting or something. Right. You know, it, it just allows room for more things. So you got to just kind of figure it out for yourself when, when it comes to, to your equipment. Oh, I want these, but they're expensive. Well, hold on a minute. What does it allow you to do that you can't do now? Mm -hmm. and, and will that save you money or make you money? There you go. And in, in our situation, back in the day, we used to do you know 15, I, myself, I'd do about 15 high school dances in the course of the year. Now we don't do quite as many as we used to do. And sure. it, that gets to the point, again, of looking at is the few high school dances I do, because those do not lead to weddings. There's just, I've, I've had maybe in all my years, maybe one or two weddings that came out of it. They don't. It really becomes a question of would I be better off financially to to scale back as you were just talking about and doing you know doing my thing and and uh, not being the trying to do this big thing because of the additional gear investment the additional um, vehicles whatever it takes for that little bit of income I have to weigh that out because there's only so much income that comes from that and is right. it worth all of this or is it better for a person to downsize and maybe instead of downsizing it. And, and or, you know, the, letting the school things go away, downsize. And now I in that space that I would be putting those extra 18 subwoofers in the truck, now I could put, uh, you know, I could do, the, I could now offer uplighting because right. it would now fit or, right. or whatever it would fit. And that, that's, a, um, that's, that's really a, a big decision. And it was going to be an easy decision for me, actually, about a year and a half ago before M Michael, my 15-year-old, started showing interest in DJing because right. it's like, right. okay, so far my oldest two didn't have any interest. And, you know, at the time I was like, well, I don't know if Michael, will. and then all of a sudden he's like, Oh, Hey, this I could be, this. <laughs> it's yeah. like, well, now we're going to change gears. Now you've, you've messed up my master plan. <laughs> well, you, even, even at that capacity, you can look at it and you can say, you know, okay, does Michael gig alone? Does he bring someone with him? And if he does, can we split this equipment between two vehicles? Would that make more sense? To, to bring the, the Outback and the Honda Odyssey mm -hmm. because an assistance coming anyway, then it would be to hang on to this this large truck and trailer situation. I mean, I don't know, just thinking out loud here, but 
there are different ways that you can look at this, I suppose. Um, and, and I'm doing one, the, I'm doing a corporate gig on Thursday. And it's not mine, it's, it's my friend's gig. But the amount of things that he's bringing, it requires two vehicles. I'll have one of them. And he'll have the other one. Otherwise, he'd have to uh, make either multiple trips or uh, have a larger vehicle. Well, that's ridiculous. We'll, we'll just put stuff in my truck and stuff in your truck and go together. But there are ways to work it out. I mean, right. you don't have to walk away from certain events. But if you don't do several a year to justify the, the, the cost of of this big vehicle, maybe, I mean, you split it up. Yeah, It's, it's something you can do. But yeah, I don't know. It, it, sometimes I think we're too close to the situation ourselves to really see the forest for the trees. We've really got to put some logic into this and, and, and think about what we're really putting into transporting this stuff, storing this stuff, carrying this stuff, and what the cost of that is and what the cost savings would be if we didn't have to do it anymore or if we could do it in an alternate fashion. I want to kind of continuing on our, our ways of saving money or an area in which people quite have been questioning, especially as there's been insurance talk uh, that has been coming up over the last few months when it comes to the DJ world. What are your thoughts about people who say, who are asking, should I get gear insurance on my sound system and my different gear? Or how would you, uh, when, when, if they would ask you that question, what's your thoughts on that? Well, I honestly haven't explored it in a long time. There was a time when I did look at it and I waited out and kind of assessed my risk as to what could happen with my equipment and decided that there, there wasn't a point to, to do anything other than liability. And, and again, it's been a long time, but the, the last time I looked into it, I think what they were saying is we don't, in, we don't ensure the equipment at the house because that's homeowners and we don't insure it in transport because yeah. that's auto, but we insure it at the event. Yeah, there 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 have been changes in that over yeah. the years, but yeah, there've been there have been some weird little anomalies um, with mm-hmm. with that. And as, as a my insurance, because I renewed my renewal came up, and the insurance company actually one of their agents went to my website. And they see on the website that I have my little selfie booth, which they consider a photo booth. I don't care, but not a big deal. And she had to call and she said, oh, by the way, Mr. Young, you do realize that if you are uh, doing a photo booth and you are not you are not uh, doing the DJ part of it, that your liability insurance will not cover the photo booth side of it. And it's like, well, first off, I don't sell that individually because I did that at one time where I would DJ and I would send you know one of the family members to run it or whoever. And the headaches with that, not going to go there anymore. It's just not going to happen. But it's um, it's it's an interesting thing how they, they've changed, obviously trying to cover their butts. But one thing, get to the gear side of it, I did the same thing with that. I, I went and evaluated. It's like, okay, I could, I could self-insure or I could pay the, the 2 to $5 per 100 to insure this for the year. And yes, right. it's probably going to be $250, $300. But for... 10 years when we were a multi-system, we paid that insurance every year. And it was a lot more back then because we had more systems and more money involved. We 
I, goodness gracious, we probably put in $10,000 or more into right. gear insurance and we never gear used user. it. No. Yeah. And, and as, as I look at it today, yes, liabilities, you've got to have a liability. There's no question about it. That's just, you've got to be doing that. But if you look at it today with the shows that we do now, uh, Brandon, uh, Brandon uh, Stewart's in the room with us. Now, Brandon is doing some huge production. He's got right. hundreds of thousands of dollars of gear. Different world. Most right. of the time, right. you know, the shows we're talking about with our evolves and such, we might have, we may have ten thousand dollars worth of gear. Most likely, we're probably somewhere north of five thousand dollars. Is yeah. probably realistically sixty five hundred and ten grand. Yeah, somewhere in that ballpark. Fair assessment. Yeah, and it, it's one of those situations where, if something happens. You know, the worst case scenario, what happens is that you're, you're in an accident with a car and all your gears, you know, the car rolls and whatever. The chances of that are obviously very thin and very slim. I mean, it could happen. Sure. It's like, is it worth putting the money into that? I, I personally haven't felt that is the case because they're yeah. not going to cover it if somebody comes and dumps a beer down your speaker. Right. Not, so well, it, okay. Let's let's say that just for the sake of argument, uh, out of the five years that you're DJing, I don't know, a subwoofer gets stolen mm-hmm. or something. What's that cost? Yeah, a back grand? when we had CDs, I mean, yeah. it, it was very common where a book of CDs would all of a sudden be gone. I mean, I, we yeah. had that happen. Not myself personally, but we had a couple of uh, DJs within our company who had their own music, and they carried the books out and they set them up on the roof of the car and they did something and some people came over and talked to them. And the next thing they know, it's like, one of my books is gone. How did this happen? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was a completely different world too, because it wasn't only about the monetary value of the CDs themselves, but cultivating that yeah. collection oh. would take Kings. Oh man. Can you imagine trying to trying to really break down what you actually had and oh, going yeah. out and and finding it all and and replacing it? I mean, that would take time and money and oh, and some of the stuff that, you, yeah. you just couldn't find. It was like a, a one off buy or something that just didn't exist anymore. Right, right. You know, I, and there were so many of those things that I had that were out of print. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, I, I got it used or whatever, but you know. It's no big deal to find used things now. Anything you want, pretty much, you can find it because everyone's abandoning their things. But back then, the stuff was highly coveted. Yeah, it's like the records. I mean, there was a time when you, you know, you couldn't find the stuff that I have back here because everybody wanted it, and then everyone disposed of it. It was everywhere, and I was able to collect it. And now they want it again, and ha ha, I have it. But yeah, it, it's anyway. But yeah, yeah. I, I, no, I'm not. I'm not that guy for full coverage on the on the equipment. It just doesn't seem to make financial sense, um, unless you're doing some super high risk gigs. And you know, I'll talk about things, and perhaps I'm not using the empathy I should. But for instance, the phone charging station that Howie does. Yeah. Right? kind of you know i had the idea of doing something like that for mobile guys and we talked about it on the show how we did it he's made good money off of it just by offering it as a service it's been a nice perk and kind of put people over the top on his on his uh you know on the decision to book him over someone else yep in my head i'm thinking we're doing a wedding we're doing a private event it's family everybody kind of knows each other it's no different than a coat check 
or or you know a coat rack when you walk into a room. Okay. Where you just hang your coat up. Is someone going to steal your coat? It's a wedding. Who's going to steal your coat? Mm -hmm. On the other hand, there are people who are doing events where they have a coat check, where you have to pay money and get a little chip to yep. to have your coat because otherwise someone may walk away with it because those are the type of events they're doing, the kind of parties, the scale of parties they're doing. You know, maybe that's not where the phone charging station should be. I'm not thinking about this and I guess I'm not going into my videos and specifically saying, you know, you shouldn't do it if you're doing this, this or this type of event. That's, you need to assess that yourself. But yeah, there are situations where some things work and some things don't. Mm -hmm. I guess is what I'm getting at. It depends on kind of what you're doing and and uh, uh, where you're doing it. <laughs> Maybe that's to deal with the, the equipment insurance. I mean, our experience is stuff doesn't grow legs and walk away. But maybe somebody else has the experience where it does. And it happens frequently to justify those means, but not in my world. Mm -hmm. So let's let's jump to music now. Okay. Is music a spot where a mobile DJ can save money? Spe specifically, we have our music services out there. The, the question ends up boiling down to, is should a mobile DJ belong to a music service, or is there ways to save money and not have to be paying that monthly fee? I don't know. Uh, that's a tough one. And the reason I say that is because I, I feel like it really, again, it depends on the types of events that you're doing. There was a time a year or two ago when, and I, I hate to say it, but I, I just couldn't see any other way to do what I did without a comprehensive current music service. Mm -hmm. I couldn't see a way. But the last year I'm not playing currents anymore no one's asking for them and if they are it's a very small handful and it's 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 real obvious stuff yeah that's just been my experience in the events that I'm doing again you know it depends I could absolutely get by with with handpicking most of the things that, that I feel like I need as far as currents goes, mm -hmm. I could get by with it this year. Maybe it's just been a really bad year for, for top 40 music, for top 40 dance music. And, you know, it's not that things don't come up. It's that they do, and it's one or two. <laughs> and haven't really justified the expense of the music service this year, unfortunately. Yeah. But maybe next year will be different. This is just a, maybe a little a fluke or a glitch in the matrix or something. But I don't know. Maybe there's some places you shouldn't try to scam. Maybe there's some places that you just go ahead and spend your money. There are those out there who want to do everything on the cheap. Yeah. I mean, absolutely everything, you know, on the cheap. And I believe that there are places where you can absolutely save some money, just like anything else that you do. As a homeowner, John, you understand that there are some places that we can save some money. Oh, certainly. We can we can put LED light bulbs in. It, it does. You do realize the cost savings off of that pretty quick. In fact, I just got a deal here at my local Ace Hardware where we're getting LED light bulbs for a quarter apiece. Oh my goodness! Ridiculous. I know, just wow. ridiculous. LED is not an expensive endeavor anymore. And if you can find them at the right price, you'll almost 
realize an instant savings by having LED bulbs in your home. And it doesn't really compromise your 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 light. I mean, yeah, as far as quality, the quality yeah. of your light, it's the same, if not better. It's dimmable. It's all kinds of neat stuff. Uh, but, you know, saving money there, do we want to also save money on the locks we choose for our home? I don't do that. Yeah. I don't buy the least expensive lock that I can find. <laughs> when I go to the grocery store, I buy, I don't know, I, I, I guess I, I buy the good canned vegetables and I buy, you know, the good coffee. But when I go down the soap aisle, soap is soap, man. I mean, I don't care. Cascade, Dawn, or Bob soap. Who cares? It's soap. <laughs> I wash my dishes. You know, I used to care. I used to have to have the era or the or the, or the, the Cascade or the this or the that. Now, I, I've just discovered that soap is soap. I was going down the aisle one time and I saw a really good sale. I thought, yeah, I don't know about that. And there was a guy next to me. He looked at me and said, dude, soap is soap. It changed my life. Like, you know what? You're right. Soap is soap. And I never looked back. So I'll save money on soap, but I'll spend it somewhere else. And mm -hmm. I guess that's how I look at everything. There, there are places that you can, you can save, which help you justify stepping up other places. I don't try to save everywhere, though, because then I start making uh, quality compromises that I don't want to make. When it comes to the music services, I think one area that keeps me keeps me involved with the music service, because I, I agree with the last year there hasn't been a ton. Even though I'm doing high school dances, we still... Still not. Yeah. No, yeah, Michael probably played five songs that, uh, that were released in the last four or five months that were requested songs. Please Otherwise, understand that this is not the music service's fault. This no, is just, no, this is not. It's just a poor year. It's just the trends right now. Well, there's one thing that the music services do that gives them the value, and that's when they're cleaning up these songs. And they mark the songs, an explicit version and a, a clean version. That mm -hmm. alone is, let's say you're paying 50 bucks a month, that's $600 a year. That ability to get that, <laughs> that bridesmaid who comes up and says, the bride's favorite song is the brand new song from da 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 Do you have it? And I can say, if I have my music service, I can pull it up and say, oh, look, there's a Nicki Minaj one that's not clean, and here's a squeaky clean, or whatever, however they, they signify it. Yes, Spotify don't tell you that. Spotify don't tell you that. Apple Music at times doesn't tell you that specifically enough. The yeah. music services do. And that one time of, you know, I could play Nicki Minaj where she's going to say all those, or I can play the clean, the squeaky clean version, is worth the $600 to me, not having to and worry about it. really valid valid point you just made there yeah and so, by the way kids there was a time when if someone asked for a track you just put it on it wasn't an issue do you remember those days john yeah the, the worst thing we had to worry about back then was uh playing money money and having the crowd otherwise the crowd to, my, my crowd never cared yeah they well they would you know they would do the uh the chant hey, what yeah but but my but that's just that wasn't the song that was the crowd the the responsibility was put on who did it, mm -hmm. not what uh, uh, persuaded them to do it. Uh, but that's not the case anymore. If you suggest it and they do it, it's your fault, not their fault. They can't be responsible for their own actions anymore. 
that's just a cultural thing and whatever. Yeah, we used to play Money Money, Billy Idol's Money Money until about probably 1990. Da, 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 da. I still play it. But at high schools. Mm, well, they didn't want it at high schools anymore. Yeah, I he got to the point. But early on when we were doing a lot of the, you know, 90, um, 91, 92, 93, when we were doing some of these, I remember there were many schools that would do it. And the advisor, you know, would talk and say, hey, you, you do realize because Johnny Home, the touring band, and that whole chant was really that was part of that and that's where a lot of teens got into or saw it the kids wouldn't do it and the advisors were cool i said yeah we can play the song the kids won't do anything okay do you remember playing clarence carter's stroking not at a high school oh well yeah but oh yeah you remember playing that at at weddings that was about as risque as as we got back but that was normal yeah, yeah. Oh, we had weddings. I mean, it was so the mother of the brides up there request. Can you play Clarence Carter? And that's that was. Okay. It was it was a it was a common play at uh, at it weddings. It was. There were some things that got a mulligan, like you couldn't play the two live crew. That was the first time that something came up that I can remember, where it was like I gotta be really careful with this. Was me so horny? That was the first mm-hmm. time I can think of that a track popped up and you had to get the clean version and it wasn't really as fun yeah. that you got it. But before that, or even after that, for the most part, geez, you just played stuff. Even on FM radio, I mean, classic rock stations to this day will play who are you by the who and not think a word of it. And there's a, there's a, a line in that song where Roger Daltrey clearly says that ah, who the F are you? Pink Floyd's Money, there's a line in that song where they'll say, don't give me that do goody good bullshit, clear as day, and there aren't edited versions of this. You just roll it, and for some reason it's okay. I don't know why, but it's okay. Mm-hmm. But we can't play Mute So Horny. I, what, I, I don't make the rules. Yeah, It's kind of like how you know you can, you can show National Geographic uh, women in the Amazon rainforest topless, but you can't show you know, Miley Cyrus topless on TV. I don't know why it is, but those are the rules. So, yeah. welcome. I don't like them. Welcome to our I modern world. I, I just kind of know them. Try to follow them. Um, oh, that's another thing, John. Yeah. Go ahead. No, uh, I was going to bridge this off into into a different, completely different topic because I think. Let's see if we were going to go into the same topic. Well, probably. I was going to bridge into another topic too. Um, well, I was. Did you go? Did you go uh, get see Bohemian Rhapsody yet? Yeah, I did. Okay, that's what I wanted to. That's where I want to go. So, where did you want well, to go? I was going to go somewhere else, but that's okay. We'll go there. It's because now we're going to kind of drift away from from our, our topic. We wanted to hit a couple of things with music and name, vehicle and gear. So, um, let's talk about. I have not seen the movie yet. So, okay, you are kind of an aficionado. You enjoy the the um, kind of the history there of uh, when it comes to these music, musicians and such. Give yeah. us your, your thoughts. Was Did it live up to what you were expecting? Well, what I didn't do is read any reviews. Okay. I decided not to do that. Because there's a certain power of suggestion out there where if somebody says, this sucks, it goes into your head, yeah, this might suck. Mm. If, if, you, if you hear it from somebody or a source that you, for whatever reason give credibility to mm-hmm. so I, I went into it with with complete just okay it's it's bohemian rhapsody it's about queen 
and Mr. Robot is Freddie Mercury. So I'm going with this. This is all I really know. Okay. And I really enjoyed the film. I really did. Um, as a music guy, there were some things that bugged me. And it was simply that things were clearly out of order. You know me, John. Mm-hmm. I'll make a fuss about you saying something was from 1985, and I'm like, dude, it's 83. And we'll go back and forth until you look it up, and guess what? It's always 83. Because <laughs> I know this crap. So this bothered me about Bohemian Rhapsody because, you know, they, they, they do, like, Hammer to Fall, and they presumably, according to the movie, did nothing else than they did Bohemian Rhapsody. And they very much dismissed the song, You're My Best Friend. Well, they did three albums before they did Night of the Opera. And there were a lot of good songs on there besides Hammer to Fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to dismiss You're My Best Friend is ridiculous. That's the first Queen song I can remember hearing on the radio when I was a little guy. You know, what, four, five, maybe? Came out in 75? Um, I thought that was odd. Mm-hmm. Like they, they they talked like yeah they did one album and it was moderately successful, and then they did Night of the Opera. No, they did three albums, and and there were songs on there that were good. And then they did it, and then they bounced around crazy. It's like they did nothing after the movie would lead you to believe that nothing happened after Bohemian Rhapsody until 1980, because there's a scene where they do um, crazy little thing called Love, right, which as we all know, was from the game, right? That album's like 80, 81. Mm-hmm. I don't remember exactly what year it is, but it was 80 or 81. Not 79, it's 80-something. And then the following year, they came up with the Greatest Hits album, which had it on there, too. And that album did gangbusters. So they play crazy little thing called Love, and, and he's at a party and whatever, and he's got his hair short, and he's doing the whole uh, short hair mustache thing at this point. He's cut his locks off. And five minutes later, they do a scene where they're writing, We Will Rock You. I'm like, hold on a minute. That was like 78. You know, where We Will Rock You, We Are the Champions. That's a 70s track. Yeah, that was 70s. And- now we're jumping back in time. Why are we doing this? <laughs> and and I'm, I made this post on Facebook because this happened a lot in the movie. And, oh, well, you know, they put it together just to make it more entertaining and flow better. Why would it have flown any worse if they'd have done that before? I, I just don't know why they had to mix it up like that. Mm-hmm. That was distracting to me. It was bad enough that I had to suspend disbelief that those eyes were not Mr. Robot. Because that actor, I mean, his jaw and his eyes, he's Mr. Robot. I can kind of pretend he's not for a minute. I can kind of pretend he's Freddie Mercury. And I know his face very well. But I can't pretend that We Will Rock You and We Are the Champions came out in 1980-something. <laughs> I can't do that. I, I'm, not, I'm not capable of it. So, so those things bothered me. They really did. Um, but otherwise, you know, it, it, was, it was fine. Mm-hmm. I probably would have made a different film. I, I would have made a different film. Uh, or I was, have suggested a different film. But it was, it was a good movie. I, I'd go see it again. Mm-hmm. But... It, it, I didn't have a wish list going into it, by the way. Just, just so you know, I didn't have an expectation one way or the other. But after seeing it and thinking about what I would have liked 
yeah, I have some ideas. Sure. That nobody would want to hear anyway. Even if they did, it doesn't matter. The movie's done. <laughs> yeah, they would. We wouldn't listen to it. So, the next director that off that is. How do you think that's going to affect our 2019 dance floors? Are people going to be, are, are some of those songs, which we know those most of the songs obviously by heart from, from our play over the years, but are some of those songs going to be resurrected as we go forward and be something hot for 2019? It's funny because that, that wedding I did on Wednesday um, was a goth wedding. I mean, there's just no other way to, to say it. And it was a lot of Marilyn Manson and Rob Zombie and and that type of fare, right? But there was also probably five Queen requests. Really? Yes, yes. And if you watch my video, John, which you should, it's it's not that long. I think it's maybe five and a half minutes. You should watch that gig log. There's a scene in my video where I'm shooting the head table. They're, they're kind of behind me and I've got the camera and I'm shooting them. The head table is doing Bohemian Rhapsody like during dinner Oh, because I played the queen stuff for the dinner set. Okay. And, and they're acting it out and singing it. So yeah, it's there. I don't know if it's going to be that thing that's always there, but right now it's a knit thing. It's a cool thing. My, my almost 21-year-old is all about Queen right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't ever recall her being about Queen before this. Uh, always like Queen, but uh, in, in certain songs. But yeah, it's 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 there, and and I think it's going to be Bohemian Rhapsody. It's going to be We Will Rock You. We Are the Champions. I don't think it's going to be like Radio Gaga. You know, I just I just don't. Yep believe it will be it might be it something might just completely go the other way in what i know i miss them once in a while mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's gonna be radio um i i always thought if it was going to be a queen song for what we do i always thought it should be a crazy little thing called love it's oh, certainly it's it's kind of 50s it's very campy it's definitely 80s it's danceable it's fun mm-hmm. i always thought that was the queen trick we should be playing but I doubt that people will be asking for that one a lot. I think they'll be asking for, uh, you know, Bohemian and Rhapsody, title of the film. That's the one they're going to want. And again, did you ever do We Will Rock You, We Are the Champions? Did you do much of that as a uh, DJ? Uh, yeah, early early in our, our time back when we had limited music in the collection. I mean, as far as that was one of the first albums or first CDs that we purchased, probably in the first hundred and that's yeah. meant that that was in the playlist just because you only had so much to choose from. There was a time when we had the 45 and we had to flip it. Oh. You know, yeah, I same know. thing with, with Shout. You know, now, wait a minute. And then you have to pull the needle off and flip the record. In the meantime, you, as a DJ, you get on the microphone and say, let's make some noise as you're flipping it and <laughs> you're ready to play again. But... Yeah. Let's see that. I, I never had the flipping part of it. We did 45s no. for a period of time there when we had that. But Some stuff was like that. I mean, if you were clever, you had the album, and we did. Sometimes we'd have the Animal House soundtrack or something where we didn't have to flip it, but a lot of times we didn't. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we said 45, depending on what rig we had out, and we had to, you know, let's make some noise. <laughs> yeah. How he's going to do a, a mashup of back, um, Baby Got Back and Fat Bottom Girls. 
I, you know, I got a problem with that song. I always hated it. And for some weird reason, a lot of the bar gigs that I've done, not mm-hmm. club, but bar gigs that I've done, that's a huge request. It is. That one and Bicycle Race. Mm-hmm. I am. I like Queen. I can't stand either one of those songs. Oh, really? And, and, and I think it might have to do with the association I have of the people in the bars who are asking for it. Could be. I think I hate it by association. I, I know there's songs that fit that moniker with myself. I would say that tracks like, I don't know, Paradise for the Dashboard Light would fit that as well. But no, I think I would hate that song either way. It's yeah. like it's like that song's almost in the spirit of Queen if they sucked. <laughs> you know what I mean? Here's what Queen would sound like if they sucked. They'd sound like Paradise for the Dashboard Light. And here we go. Because it's big and operatic, but it sucks. So some thoughts for you. Oh, I just just do a did a search for uh, Queen songs to see, you know, what was and Billboard just released a updated list for 2019 of Queen's 25 best songs. Yeah. So obviously they're starting to feel feel uh, a, a a surge in some. The critics have not been kind to this film. I guess, and I didn't know this until after I saw it because I read about it. There was um, a director who was doing the film, and they fired him because hmm. he was kind of and jerk mm-hmm. and abusive to actors and things and throwing things on the set and throwing fits so they brought somebody in to finish it but according to I don't know if it's Screen Actors Guild or whatever the union is for Motion Picture Association uh, he still got credited for doing the entire film yet he was fired before it was completed so whoever was the stand-in director isn't credited Oh. Yet, yet, this guy who they credit as director did not finish the film, was fired, and who knows what he'll be doing next. Um, and I could see it. I can see how, you know, maybe that's how things got a little mixed up. Maybe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's some continuity problems because this first director who they, they canned had one idea in the end. Oh, very possible. Yeah. It, it it wasn't executed quite right. Who knows? And and the other thing that really bothered me, I guess, in retrospect, thinking back about it, and we've seen this in biopics before, and I don't know if it's sign of the times or what it is, but this was very much the Freddie Mercury story. I was really hoping for the Queen story. Hmm. And and what I mean by that is, if if and without you know I mean you you know how the film starts you know how it ends it's not like this is an original story mm-hmm. you know the deal already so I won't be giving too much up here but it starts off with Freddie being Freddie or Farouk being Farouk I guess and then he starts following this band and then this band needs a singer and he becomes the singer and they become queen now to me it would have been so much more interesting if we started with this band 
and they were doing this thing and this weirdo guy was like checking him out <laughs> you know and then the singer left and like oh no the weirdo guy wants to audition and then he does and it's freddie and then he joins and they become queen and a lot of people have said they, they've made the 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 observation that freddie mercury is kind of a kind of almost a mythological guy you know he's 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 this this icon and, and kind of mysterious and he wasn't really mysterious in the film i i didn't feel like he was he was weird from 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 the start of the film he was different mm -hmm. you know and then he had this relationship with this person and then and and he was very different in that relationship and then he had relationships with other people and he was different and they kind of reacted to him you know they didn't like shape him into who he was he was Freddie Mercury walking in the relationship and then walking out he was still Freddie Mercury he was Freddie Mercury from the start of the film to the end of the film I didn't see him develop into Freddie Mercury anytime uh, during the course of this film having said that I'm trying to figure out why it was so important that I saw all of these relationships that had nothing at all to do with the band had nothing at all to do with the songwriting process mm -hmm. or the creative process I would thought it would be much more interesting to see like Brian May and the drummer interact, you know, <laughs> or what was going on, you know, just briefly what's going on at their house, you know, mm -hmm. opposed to just, you know, half the movie just being Freddie and whoever his lover happens to be. Cause who gives a shit? I don't care. Uh, and nobody cared in the seventies either. They just liked it. They didn't have the big tabloid experience on this stuff. So it would just been really interesting to experience the the story of queen from yeah from through, the... through queen mm -hmm. you know so freddie walks in what's going on freddie hey i'm getting a divorce okay that's how we find out about it or whatever you know opposed to you know this thing mm -hmm. where we got to watch this story when we could be talking about things like i don't know you know when, when some of these other songs that they didn't even talk about were produced that they should have i was annoyed because i heard hammer to fall like four times and one of my favorite Queen songs is Tie Your Mother Down and Not a One Play. And I'm like, oh, man. It's a greater <laughs> Queen song, too. You, you could have thrown that in there. But no, you wanted to make it sound like they had one single on one album from the time they were born to Night of the Opera. And that's not what happened. Mm. I don't know. I could rant about that one for a while. We'll have to leave it alone so more folks can go check it out. Yeah, it's a good watch. I mean, don't don't let my critique on it uh, prevent you from checking it out. It's it's not a bad film. It's a it's an entertaining. It's a beautifully shot film too, and and the Wembley scene alone is brilliant. But yeah, just 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 kind of an afterthought, you know, critique. But it did keep my attention. It was a long film, over two hours long, kept mm -hmm. my attention the whole time. Had fun, enjoyed it. And uh, the only thing that, that I had to kind of caution myself on is did I just learn something or are they taking more creative liberties because I've caught mistakes in this film already? <laughs> so before you think you know something, if you learn something in this film, I'd Google it and fact check it. Sure. Yeah, just on a few things you've mentioned here, are you checking dates of when they. and. And it's like, okay, this was released here, and that song was it was released in 77. You know, yeah. Well, it was even how they met, and it was this big thing where it was like, okay, you know, 
let's do live aid. Bob Geldof, I don't know. He's not letting us in. Maybe he'll let us in last minute. You know, no, Bob Geldof was begging them to go to live aid. And then the big thing was, hey, guys, I got to tell you something before we do live aid. I got AIDS. Oh, my God, we love you. We're family. He didn't know. He didn't even have AIDS or even was aware of it or anything else until years after live aid happened. Hmm. But they put it in there for storytelling. That I can almost forgive because it's a film and it's, you know, you want to try to tell a story that's compelling and all that, that I can almost forgive. But for some reason I cannot forgive hearing crazy little thing called love before hearing we will rock you. That is unforgivable. And that's just goofy me. The music <laughs> yeah. You're the Brian, Brian's my daughter, my daughter had no clue. Yeah. She that, probably was like, well, this is a great movie. And you're like, yeah, no, this, this was a timeline issue. Yeah. 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 I was there, you know, <laughs> I, no, but I was. I mean, yep. I was a little kid living in California hearing Little Rocky, and then I was an older, a little older, not very, but a little bit living in Oklahoma when another one bites the dust and crazy little thing called Love came out. I lived in different states. I was different now. No, 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 no. This is backwards. This is stupid. But for a minute, I was like, wow, you know, I always thought that was a much older song. Mm-hmm. I mean, as they're performing it, and I'm like, it is a much older song. Mm-hmm. This is stupid. Wait a minute. <laughs> and and then I was just on guard for the rest of the film. Yeah, and you're the guy who stands up in the back of them. God, not again. Oh. Uh, trying not Mommy, to be like, why is that man in the back over there keep yelling things? They talk about the grammar police, you know. I, I try not to be the music police on this stuff. But, but that, that stuff. <laughs> Before you think you learned something from this film, definitely Ch- check it back out. check it. <laughs> you probably didn't learn anything. Um, you're probably misinformed you probably look better on paper well gang we're going to wrap things up here because I've got to get in and and uh, make sure that the house is all in one piece tonight because I am kind of kind of uh, didn't see Lori around this evening she wasn't back yet so Brian thank you much uh, for the chat tonight gang thank you for being with us and we'll be back again let's see tomorrow MJ and then uh, well, Thursday we'll be back again talking about wedding MBA good night everybody uh-huh.